Last week, round three of stimulus payments started showing up in the bank accounts of millions of Americans. The check is in the mail for millions more. No, the three of us do not qualify for stimulus, but we have joked that for every $100 of direct stimulus payments, we should be able to make $100,000 in the stock market, probably more. And as with the first two rounds, we're expecting a bunch of this money is going to end up right in the stock market. A recent survey by Deutsche Bank showed that half of the respondents between the ages of 25 and 34 years old plan to spend 50% of their stimulus relief on stocks. And for those not dropping money, not dropping that stimmy right into the stock market, well, we see that U.S. households are also eager to spend on travel, on experiences, on partying. It is the roaring 2020s after all. So what are they buying this time? What are we buying this time? Today on Dumb Money, we are following the money and revealing our top three trades for round three of stimulus checks. We are Dumb Money. Three friends who turn $30,000 into $30 million using nothing more than Twitter and a zero commission trading account. The suits that work on Wall Street, they call those people the smart money. That's not us. Our goal is to help level the playing field for everyday investors. We are Dumb Money. Hey there, Dave here along with Chris and Jordan. We are Dumb Money. Welcome to Dumb Money Live. So good to be back after a little uh, spring break off last week. The good old YouTube algorithm tends to forget that we even exist whenever we take a few days off. So if you don't mind, it is more critical today than usual for every single person watching right now to do their part. Smash the like button, destroy it, stimulate it. It just takes a second. It takes zero of your stimulus dollars to do so. Chris, Jordan, before we jump in, uh, let's let's hear about your vacations. I know that that is what everyone really showed up for. Oh man, I, I see your Disney Dave, shirt, Chris. Dude, Dave, I had the I had the greatest vacation. I, I I I just don't know what else to say. It was it was. Who would think that going to five theme parks in like four days would be the greatest vacation? It legit was. Yeah, I'm wearing my Disney shirt um, because they killed it. They killed. They killed COVID, man. I'm telling you, dude. The parks were at 35% capacity, right? So they were full. Yeah. They were sold out every single day. Um, they did such a good job with distancing and enforcing face masks. It felt so safe to be there. Um, which is right? which is a giant difference than what was going on on Miami Beach. Did you see hey, that footage Chris, this weekend? Those riots and you, like massive crowds. Wait, Jordan, what? People are saying they can't hear you, Chris. They can't hear me? I can barely hear you. Um, why didn't this get solved during the pre-show? Yo, yeah, if you talk, I could, I can hear you. <laughs> or am I too loud? Is that the problem? Uh, my volume's low, I guess. Yeah, people are just saying your volume's low. Uh, oh, Dave, did I need to do, you remember when we reset my camera? Did I need Yeah, everything is messed up on your camera. It was also on my mic. You, you also that? look. My mic is at CPA? plus, it's at plus, plus 80 or whatever. Plus 20. Um, Whatever it is, it's at plus. I'll get a little closer, but I mean, I'll talk louder. I don't know how much louder I can talk. Is that is okay. that even possible for you to talk louder? It's all good now. It's all good. All right. Okay. Dude, Dave, it was incredible. I'm telling you, being there was just like a sight line into the future of the roaring 2020s, man. Yeah. I saw it. I saw it so clearly. It is happening. It has started in so many ways. I get home from Disney, not just Disney, Disney, Universal, like the airports, like planes were oversold, okay? And you've seen some of that news this weekend about flight, flight traffic being up through the roof. Um, yep. I got home ready for this. My restaurant, my restaurant, Chelsea Corner, mm -hmm. we almost set a record this week. A record this week, dude. A record. Uh, okay? Chris, I drove by your restaurant on Friday night because I had one. I had my first dine-in restaurant experience in a year. I went to Javier's. The, the only reservation time I could get was like 630 and which is great for me because I'm an early bird special now, but um, it was, it was packed. It was, they've, they've built out their whole patio. It, they have this whole enclosed, it's an indoor outdoor space now. And the whole restaurant was packed. I was there at 6.30 and had to wait for the table. And it was just phew, wheels, wheels are off. We ran. I'm fully vaccinated for what it's worth. That's me too, why me too. I was, we, we are too. Um, we ran almost a two-hour wait this weekend, all weekend long for brunch, okay? And that's not normal for us. No. Um, but wow, dude. 
It is on. That's why we had to do this episode today. I know we talked about this a lot. We've been talking about you know recovery trades and this and that, but now we got STEMI on top of that. And so we have to yep. talk about how STEMI impacts and crosses the recovery trade. And we haven't which, even we haven't even discussed what our th top three are, but I think mine's going to be different. It's going to be shocking. So stay tuned. Oh, okay, fine. But let's just say this. I want everyone to know this, that that history has, and I sent you guys the Wall Street Journal article. Uh, data has shown us that with nearly every single stimulus over the past 20 years, data has proven that almost exactly one third of the stimulus, no matter how much stimulus is given out, no matter what the reason, no matter what the economic situation, it does not matter. Roughly one third of the stimulus will be saved. Roughly one third will be used to pay down debt and the remaining third will be spent. So that is where we need to start today's episode, understanding that it's not like this STEMI is going out of everyone's pockets this week. It's not. Two thirds of it is paying down debt and being saved. What does that actually mean? That means that the behavioral changes take effect over many, many months, right? Not like this week. It's not like they're, it, they're, they didn't they didn't get the direct deposit and then jump on a plane this weekend, but they but are now what, planning what, their vacation. They're now what, what, but the, remember why the reason why is because people see one-time stimulus as not being like recurring obviously so they don't it's, trust it they don't yeah trust it's not it. like the ongoing additional unemployment benefits that they get week after week this is a one-time lump sum that they've seen now three times but it, it's so unpredictable and I don't think that we're going to see a fourth round. So it's like, this is the final hurrah. This is the final thing that they can put into savings or do something fun with, or, you know, whatever it is that they're going to do with the money. But we've seen this, this exact same studies are saying that people are going to be putting it into the stock market. The, the, the people who are on the sidelines during the wall street bets, short squeeze with GameStop and AMC are like, oh, well, I, I heard about the stock market for the first time. I just woke up and the stock market exists and there are people who are going to be putting their money in into the market directly and then longer term indirectly into the stocks that, that we're interested in. Yes, but even more people will just be paying down debt and putting it in the bank and not doing anything with it. And that's extremely important because they think they think they're being responsible, okay? They're doing that because they feel like it's a one-time payment and they're doing the responsible thing initially, initially. But what do we know? What do we, what can we bank on when it comes to Americans? Is that they, they, they like to think they're doing something responsible, but they just can't help themselves. Once those credit cards are paid down, once they have a little bit of savings, what do we love to do in this country more than anyone in the world? We love, we love to spend, spend money. We yeah. love to spend. We're so a you country know full it's of coming it, out. Consumers. It's yeah. coming out, Dave. It's it's just a, it's so temporary. Yeah, technically they pay down debt. Technically they save it, but how long do they save it for? Not that long. We know that. Not that long. It's coming out. It's coming out this summer, dude. It's coming out this summer. Guar guaranteed. All of it. Most of it. It's coming out. <laughs> and mo that debt, that debt is just going to keep ticking up, ticking up throughout this whole year. You watch because Dude, you remember when you're in high school, like your friends went on spring break? Dude, you're not gonna miss out on that. When everybody you know, I, you know where I'm going with my with my thought on, on where, where where the money's going, right? Like you see uh, all if, your friends if, and all your neighbors. Wearing, if, if the t-shirt you're wearing is any indication, it is. And I will tell you that mine is not an indication of where I just I just like this shirt. I'm not saying Disney's my pick. I'm not saying that's too obvious. Everybody already knows that, okay? Like they already know. Yeah, obviously Disney's going to kill it when they open. They're going to murder. Dude, can I just say something? Not only was the park obviously sold out at 35%, that's a no-brainer. But even at 35%, you know what was really packed? The concession stands. People spending extra on stuff they ordinarily maybe might be a little more careful because you know what? They did have their stimmy money. They did have the pent up savings and they hadn't done anything in a year. So it's like, they're gonna get their kid the extra toy. They're gonna get their kid the extra this or that or the shake or the smoothie, like whatever it is. Um, Are we gonna talk about what you uh, spent your extra money on when you were at the parks? Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the luxury like, item that, that you normally wouldn't buy? Uh, what do you, are you referring, did you or, know or service? Uh, the luxury service you, uh, you I, used. I, oh, now you're going to make me feel <laughs> guilty. I mean, <laughs> this is terrible. Fine. All right. Full no, disclosure. It's, it's, I don't people like, do it all know, the time. 
Disney okay, offers it as a service. Let me defend you just, my. If you want me to say it, let me. Yeah, I want you. To, I want you to explain okay. what you did with okay. all of your let all of this something. money that's just flying around the economy right now. <laughs> right, you, you spend all this money getting to Disney World. All this money on the hotels—they're not cheap. Okay, the tickets are crazy expensive. This is not a cheap tr uh, trip going to any type of theme park in 2021. No. Okay, so yes, I spent. I was talked into it, and I did spend extra money. Uh, about $600 a day to get not the Disney guides, but to get like the unofficial, I think it's called like World VIP Travel, the unofficial uh, guides. And what they do is it's so genius. You get two people, okay, you get two people, and they will literally go wait online for you while you're at ride A. They have one of them is online at ride B. That could be an hour wait, an hour and a half wait. By the time you get run, done with ride A, they're already at the front of the line of ride B. So it's like this system that they developed. To all So you are done with the entire park in three hours. Literally. Wait, we were there you, at you're six. You're allowed in the to have somebody stand in line for you? What? Yeah. Yes. Yes. So you're the, and here's the best part, Jordan, because it's socially distanced, everything one's six feet apart, right? The lines are like four times as long as normal. Right. They like loop around rides. So it's really easy just to, when the person's waiting, they're not like inside some area that you can't access. So like you can just easily, they're waiting for you and you just kind of join them. And, and, and yes, it's a, it was the most amazing thing. I don't regret it because for that extra $600, it allowed us to get the whole park done by noon. And then we could spend the rest of the afternoon afternoon, you know, enjoying ourselves someplace else at the hotel, at the pool, like, because it's hard. But kids, you don't want to have like a 10 hour day at the park every day for four days straight. So yes, I did spend the extra money. Okay. And I don't regret it because in the big scheme of things, it enabled us to not spend our entire day getting burnt in 90 degree sun, waiting online for hours at a time for a ride. Like it made it enjoyable. And I highly recommend it with your stimmy money. Wait, so they tag team, right? So they, yes. they're like, so you're riding the ride and they're already at the next line. Yes. Yes. As yes. soon as, as soon as you get on one ride, they then jump to the next one. Yeah, and, and, and by they, the way, they, they alternate, they ping pong so, back and forth. So just and so you I, know, I do a lot question. of people, we, a lot we, of people are doing this with their family. So like, you'll have like, you know, the husband might be on the line, and the wife might be on a ride with your kids, and then they'll join the husband who's on, been online for an hour and a half for the next ride they're going on. So they're doing what people are already doing. It's just like having a friend, a hired friend there to do it with, right? And they're running around the park waiting and then you just you just join them. And by the way, with co with COVID, they won't let anyone sit next to you on a ride. So it's not like you're even yeah. cut, like taking up more room by doing that because the person who's waiting in line for you, they were going to literally ride alone on whatever that Well, that's what thing. I was going to say, right? It should yeah. like in my mind it should be a one for one swap. So you'd have to you should have to hire four people in my mind. No, no, Jordan, you're not understanding. Jordan, the way that it's working right now, that one person's going to take up an entire car or row. Anyway, no, I get it now, but like during the summer, I, I feel like you should have to hire one person per person that you want to, you know what I mean? So that we have to have a one-for-one -one swap. Of well, people. no, they do it, they, Jordan, they do it differently post-COVID. Post-COVID, the way that they do it is they have people there with uh, fast passes and stuff. Like, you have extra Yeah, fast we passes. did the fast pass. Yeah. But they don't, are they not fast. doing the fast pass right now? <laughs> what? No, no there's no it? fast passes at Disney. That's oh, the thing. There's no, there's no fast passes. No, no fast passes. Okay. So um, I, I've lowered the volume of my microphone, apparently. I was too loud. This is why I'm kind of over this software. I have no way of monitoring anything that's going on. So I apologize. Hopefully this is better. If it is, give us a, uh, a uh, thumbs up in the chat. And if not, let me know. I need to be louder or softer. This okay. is how I sound now compared to these two guys. And I want to hear about Jordan's vacation, but we're going to talk stonks first. Yes. Then we're going to get back to vacation talk because that's what people are here for. Okay, what, honestly, what are we doing with stonks? Boring. Travel <laughs> is my theme like it always has been my spirit air has crushed it like i mine too and oh. american airlines american is actually doing better than spirit right now for for me so the question dave the question dave is we've already crushed it on so many of our travel stocks everything is through the roof is there any opportunity for something that really hasn't 
really got really where there's really more room to move like you saw vegas news vegas hit records this weekend guys i don't even know what those records are but supposedly vegas yep. hit records and if you look on twitter people are that were in vegas this weekend are saying that it is busier than they've ever seen it they have literally never had to wait for some of the tables that they had to wait for at casinos it was that insane in vegas this weekend it was insane okay so like, let me just talk about my Vegas trade first. So I have a couple different ones, okay? I was look. I really want to go in on Vegas, but so many of these casinos are up, up, up. They're, they're through the roof, like we knew they would be. Um, and I still love the casino plays. I, I still think they're great. Um, remember that cannabis uh, stock, Planet 13 in Vegas? Yes. Well, they've crushed it. In fact, dude, I've like 2x my money on, on that stock, but still, still, I think they might be one of, I've said this before, I think Planet 13 might be one of the biggest beneficiaries of the Vegas 2021 boom cycle, okay? Because one, cannabis is way more accepted than it ever has been. They literally own Las Vegas, okay? The Las Vegas cannabis market is Planet 13. For those of y'all who don't know, they are a superstore. They are like a Best Buy of cannabis, essentially on the Vegas Strip, okay? Vegas, we now know, is going to kill it. They're booming, okay? People just are in that party 2000, roaring 2020s atmosphere. I'm telling you, plant, I think they are going to crush crush it this spring and summer um and so i bought more i bought more this morning even after Did i you? 2x my money i bought more that's my vegas that's my that's vegas your, pick that's your vegas pick that's Is my that vegas pick that's my doing, vegas pick i thought we were just picking one thing each no i have no you have, you have three now well, i'm, I'm starting with, with one. i'm to come up now with something you else go. Real quick. <laughs> now you go because i i was thinking what are people going to be doing with their money and there's so many things but for me something that i've, I've wanted to um buy more of anyway that i think that is a logical place for people to deposit their government cheese their government money when it comes in i'm i'm buying more bitcoin I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Um, Dave, I mean, that is, I, I'm with you, dude. I'm with you. Like, I, 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 I feel like we're off of the all time highs very, very slightly. <laughs> um, <Are we? laughs> but to me, this is, this is something that there needs to be a substantial percentage of my portfolio in Bitcoin. And I did the math. I thought I was just at 2%. I'm actually at 4% right now. And I think I need to double that get up to 8%. Wow, that's big, Dave. Um, listen, we've been talking about that magnet to 100K Bitcoin forever. And if yeah. something catastrophic doesn't happen to kind of government regulation or something, some big seller, some big whale comes in, or there's a hundred things that can go wrong. Uh, I, I still think that magnet effect is there this year. Uh, everyone feels it. Everyone's talking about it. I mean, it's you do have stimmy money here. The only thing, Dave, that worries me is, you know, are people going to pull out some of their Bitcoin to start doing all the stuff that they want to do this year, right? Um, that That's kind of a little bit of a concern for me, but- That's a concern I, for me too, but I, I just see that uh, the people who have been in Bitcoin, the people who use their first round of stimmy money to buy Bitcoin are like, that was the best thing I ever did. Look, look at what I, look what I did to my, my thousand dollars that I got from the government. It is now worth $10,000, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, I, I, I'm no, I don't, I don't blame you. I'm, and so I'm already so loaded up in Bitcoin and and uh, you know, my Coinbase. Yeah, you go, you double down on your Bitcoin babes. And so basically, I'm, I'm doing a Bitcoin, and people are asking about Ethereum. That's those are the two that I hold, and I'm still at like a 60-40 split. But I'm leaning more towards uh, just loading up on additional Bitcoin for me because that is, I understand that transactionally Ethereum is the thing that everything's being written on right now, but Bitcoin is that underlying just thing that seems to be the magnet that pulls the market along. Yeah, Dave, also you have to remember like the Morgan, was it the Morgan Stanley report that came out this last week or was it JP yes. Morgan? Uh, you know, it's big. I mean, that's, that's major. People don't understand. It's so, it seems so stupid, but like it's major because that is circulating right now to tens of thousands of, of wealth offices. And it, what it is doing, this is what you have to understand. What that report does is it gives you a green light. 
It's a, it's a cover your butt document for a wealth manager to now have the conversation um, of, hey, should we be putting half of 1% or 1% or you know a quarter of 1% in Bitcoin? And it allows them to share that with their clients and say, hey, you know this is still early cycle. Um, we feel that there's something that you might want to consider. Like, listen, it's major, guys. It's major. Um, I think I think it's a good move, Dave. Yeah, and, really and apparently do. just just today, uh, Jay Powell made a statement about Bitcoin uh, in answering a question about crypto related holdings. Uh, and he said, while it's backed by nothing, it is a, quote, substitute for gold, you know, and that's to, to, to have it just entering the mainstream conversation as a an asset. A, just it's an asset class. That's all it is. And I, yeah. I'm not the type to invest in gold, but Bitcoin. I think Bitcoin you know, is going to be the, around for our lifetimes. And what I think we'll has been interesting to, to watch it. is that it's not really moving in sync with gold, right? And so I don't really, I don't view it as a gold, really. I, I don't, I don't know where he's getting that, um, but it, you know, they don't seem to react to the same news the same way. Because it's because it's early stage gold, George, yeah. and that's why. Like, like, just think of it as early stage gold. So it's not going to move in sync. Um, but listen, man. And by the way. Somewhat related, I know I teased it earlier, stick around to the end of today's episode because we're going to tell you a, little, a big hint about my big seven-figure trade that I made, uh, or investment I should say, uh, not necessarily trade, but but it and it is kind of related to all this stuff we're talking about now, so just a little bit of a hint. So, uh, George, uh, Dave, that's it for you? That's you, it. That's that what I'm doing. I'm, I'm not, I've decided I'm not making seven trades a day. That's just My account needs to be a little less active than it has been. This is this is the thing that I'm getting behind as my uh, stimmy. That's my stimmy trade. Okay, I'm well, doubling Jordan, down on Bitcoin. I have other trades, but Jordan, is there anything that you like with this stimmy? I mean, this my is a big two one, man. favorite things with the stimmy and with travel coming back and the whole what we're gonna see this summer. You know what they are? They're my favorites. They're XLE and Southwest Airlines. I, I mean, it's fine. I'm not. I'm not saying that. Listen, it makes a lot of sense, right? We got a little makes, pullback. We got like a five or six percent pullback in the XLE. I might. I might buy a little bit more. I love it. Got that dividend. Hey, oh. hey. I, I think. Listen, I think. I think Southwest is going to kill it. You know, I chose Spirit over Southwest. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think Spirit's outperformed Southwest a little bit. Look, I'm not going to buy Spirit. I don't like these crappy Deddy companies. I'm, I'm out. Um, Southwest is a great company, and I'm going to buy their stock. Guys, I'm not going to be in in spirit for long. Right. Okay? So it's not it's not about that. Yeah. Uh, but listen, no, I thought and, it was my number one recovery trade. At, at the time that we were making these investments in both, I, I'm I'm in. Uh, so Jordan got into Southwest. I got into Spirit and American Airlines. Chris got into heavy, heavy into Spirit. Yep. Heavy. But, but my my big asterisk on this is this is not a company that I, I don't want to be in these companies long term. This is a recovery trade. This is yep. going to it's going to hit a, a point where I'm like, OK, I've made enough and I'm just going to pull out, even though even though it's possible that it will go higher. And I think that we still have room for these stocks to go another, what, 20 percent? Well, see, that's 30, what I like 50 about percent? I don't I, just, I don't know. I feel but, like it's one that you can hold on to a little bit longer. You don't have to. I mean. We know they're in good financial shape. They've got a great balance sheet. It's a great. It's a well-run organization, and I feel good holding the stock. It's not something that I feel like, you know, when it goes up, I'm nervous holding. So yeah. I, I like it. I'm, I just pulled up this five-year chart of the three love, uh, love, save, and AAL. Uh, those sideways charts are things that don't really interest me. I know, but this this burst here at the end is what is exciting to me. Yeah, to man. see uh, to see Spirit up three hundred and sixty percent. To see American and uh, uh, Southwest up 160%. So you know That's what? exciting. Dave, I'm going to now make you and Jordan and myself feel like crap because uh, I don't care how heavy, I don't care how many millions we've made over the past few months in these recovery stocks. I said it before, I'll say it again. No matter how much we put in, do you not regret now not going in heavier, deeper, and more leverage in recovery? No. I don't do it. So look, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I, I have to sleep at night, right? I know you don't sleep at night, Chris, and you're probably up stressed, freaking out all the time. I'm He's, not. He admitted and in the first, in the first five something. minutes of the show, he was talking about how he doesn't yeah. sleep at night. I'm going to say I've got something that not a lot of people have. 
it's enough, right? I've got enough. And I know, like, I don't need to go make 10X on whatever, do something and leverage myself to the brim. I know how to invest responsibly. And that's what I'm going to do every time. Hey, we have we have different goals. Yeah, I personally, I've reached enough. We talk about this all year. Uh, but all my investing, the vast majority now sits in the foundation. And I do not have enough. I want a billion, one billion in that. And there's no way I'm getting to a billion in that foundation unless I aggressively trade uh, and social arb trade for the next 10 years, 10, 15 years. So that will never have enough. But I get it. Jordan, I totally agree with you. All I'm saying is... I felt like, and I'll say it again, maybe the easiest trade of my life. I, I, haven't we been saying that? I said the recovery trade will be the easiest trade of my life. And I, I knew I would regret it not going in heavier. I went in crazy heavy, and yet I knew I'd regret not going in heavier. And I so regret not going leveraging to the tilt. Like rather than leveraging with margin and some options, now I wish I just would have went in like just all out of the money options and just made did. like 20 million on Chris, it. you did that and you were getting margin called. Do you I not know, remember? But I you did leverage it. as much as your brokerage would allow, and they started saying, "You know what? We're pulling the brakes. You have to sell more." I should you... have stuck with it. I should have stuck. You... I should have just. I should just not you, even. Didn't look you at stick with it? Aren't you? Are you about? A hundred percent on margin, or at least as much as they'll allow. Oh yeah, I'm getting back there now, but I'm not a hundred percent margin plus invested in all in levered options out of the money options. That would be fully. Go Look, uh I'm going to say something. Look, I made the trade too, right? So I made the trade. I've been I've been performing really well, um, but I'm not going to go into debt doing it. Uh, there's a Warren Buffett quote that I read last week, and it's a great quote. And it's why would you risk something that you have and you need? for something that you don't have and don't need, right? I and so I'm just not it. gonna do it. I do need it. My foundation needs it. I mean, we, yeah, it you, needs you, it. the money's gonna grow over time, Chris. You realize no, how no, investing No, it will not works. grow to a billion. Jordan, it will not grow to a billion without doing this. It will not, there's zero chance that I can grow, you know, five to 10 or 15 million into a billion in 10 years without doing this. I must do this. I When I see this, I must lever down. I will do it. I will continue to do it. And I will continue to hopefully generate you know, 40 to 200% annual returns on that portfolio because I am following my gut and following the data and just following, you know, pragmatic. This is, this is, this is not speculative. There's very little speculative trading in the recovery trade. Can we say that? It's speculative in, in terms of nothing crazy is going to happen with the virus. The, 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 the vaccines, no one was lying about the vaccines that people will take them. We will come out of this. Like that was not that speculative guys. It's just because it was an anomaly that we haven't been through this before. People, we all kind of knew it was going to happen, but you still had this lingering doubt. And that lingering doubt is what kept the airlines tr trading where they were four months ago and not where they were now. Because realistically, they probably should have been closer where they are now four months ago. Because there's really not that much of a difference in what we're looking at four months ago from today, right? There's really, other than it's actually playing out as we knew it would four months ago. Uh, and on that and note- so and so you went in 100% leveraged. You wish you had done options instead of stock. I had some options, not enough. I, at one point, I was so levered in an options that I would have made 15 million off this recovery trade. I, instead, I only made like four. And it's just like, it's it, it's it, it's just, I don't know. It, it pisses me yeah. off because like, I th listen, no trade will be that easy. Like going forward, I'm not gonna have trades that are that easy. Each one of these trades is going to come with much more risk than that trade. Okay, and yeah. that's why I'm pissed off about it. You're just an angry elf. He is and an angry elf. Everybody in the comments he has noticed. Turns angry elf in the middle of the episodes. Okay, <laughs> on that note, I want you to pull something up, Dave, because you're going to like this. I have more trades here. I want you to pull up vacation rental on Google Trends. Five year United States. United States vacation rental. Five years. Okay, because this is really interesting. This is really interesting. This chart. Vacation rental, singular? Vacation rental, yeah, vacation rental is fine. Uh, United States, five years. Yes. Okay. So. Here we go. I want you to look at where we were in March of March of 19, which would have been the last normal time, right? March of 19, where were we? There's March of 19. What, right what's around, the number? Right around there. It's uh, 50. 50. Where are we right rolling, now? Rolling at 50% uh, from January through March of 19. Right now, where, where are now we now? 
We're right under 75%, and mm-hmm. it went as high. The 100 hit back in June of 2020, the summertime. Yeah, yeah so you, let me ask you a question, If you look right Dave. before the summertime, if you look at March uh, leading into that, January, February, March. Well, that, that doesn't like count. That was low. when the pandemic started, right? Yeah. So so where do you think we're going to be in June, July of this summer, Dave? I think that that 100% that we saw last June is going to be pushed down to 75, and we're going to have a new 100 and who do you think is, is the my, biggest beneficiary? That is my Google of Trends that? prediction right there. And who do you think is the biggest beneficiary of that chart? All of those airline stocks and hotel mm-hmm. stocks and No, no, uh, the biggest beneficiary of vacation rental, the number one. Airbnb. That's right. Who has who has the ability to expand inventory almost infinitely when demand picks up and, and people are paying outrageous prices that all of a sudden Dave Hansen goes, hmm. You know, I was, uh, I'm going to be out of town for half the summer, which you probably are. I am. I can make like 10 grand a week renting out my house. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know who the number one customer is for Airbnb to, to start renting their homes are people that start renting other people's, right? You've seen that data, right? I know you're an Airbnb. Like, I've I've seen that data. I, I'm wondering where you got that data. I'm wondering if it might have been this excellent video on YouTube. <laughs> it was. I think it was. Saying that Airbnb's <laughs> price was too low. Here's three reasons why. Because this Airbnb is my is my 10x stock. It's it's gonna it's gonna be. If I don't make 10x on that, I'm gonna be upset. Dave, I go to Hey There Dave here, uh, YouTube.com/slash Hey There Dave here, and you can uh, check out that video. We'll we'll link to it above. No, just whatever. I'm telling you, that was one tag. I pulled up a whole bunch of tags just like that, and I was floored, floored because you got to remember, a lot of the country, like in the East Coast, like some areas, they're still not like like they're not like we are here in Texas, like coming out, like we just see the like 100%. But dude. That is huge, 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 huge for Airbnb. Yeah. Do, you, do you have any idea how big of a year Airbnb is going to have? They are, go, they are going to just, dude, they're going to crush it, man. But I'm so happy. Problem. Aren't there yeah. still places that you aren't allowed to Airbnb out your home? Uh, like yeah, New York City? Here and there. Right? I mean, I think, isn't it New York City? No, they've they've worked it out. Most most municipalities, they? they're they're they have a huge focus on community building and um, trying to get over all of the the concern is that they're going to drive up re, uh, not rental prices but actually real estate prices in markets right. and replace neighborhoods that used to be single family neighborhoods with weird transient uh, vacation travelers. Yeah, you basically right? turn it into like a yeah and and. Listen. Nobody wants that in their neighborhood. So what? Airbnb is doing everything they can to overcome that by having, you, you can't throw a party. You can't throw an event at an Airbnb rental. That's that's a part of their rules. That's not yeah. just the host saying, no, I don't want to have parties in my house. You you can't do that. Yeah. You can't rent a place and, and, and like, have an event And there. I really want to buy Airbnb. I've just always been slightly afraid of that uh, of the regulation that could come along with some of those. I, Jordan, I think we're at a point now, I agree with you, that's always been my hesitancy. If you remember when Dave bought Airbnb as a private company, that's why me and you did not. Right, but well, I, because there was an actual deal then. There were like three municipalities that were actively looking to ban Airbnb yeah. rentals at that point in time. I think, Jordan, we're far enough along. It's still always a concern regionally, but I think globally, I think we've gotten to a point as a society where we're like, you know what, there's there's a right and a wrong way to do it. And and for the most part, most areas, it, you're, they, they, it's hard to stop, right? Because people want to be able to make income off their assets. And unless it's a super exclusive private community that you know really has rigid homeowners uh, type yeah. of settings. I'm not concerned about that anymore. I mean, I am a believer in the practice because, I mean, you know me. I haven't stayed, you know, I'll stay in a hotel if we're doing, like, business travel. But other than that, if I'm going with my family, we're going to rent a house somewhere. And and for convenience, Airbnb has really become as convenient as a hotel. You now, on the map, you just zoom into the exact neighborhood you want to be in. And here Mm -hmm. are the three hotels that you are considering. And right around there, there's these awesome listings that, to me, it's a better experience than what you can find in a hotel. I've done both. Like, when I was in Barcelona three summers ago, we did both. We stayed in a hotel right in the neighborhood where I wanted to be. And then the second... went and did some other things and then we came back for another week and we stayed in an airbnb and it was 
to me, it was a better experience because you're actually in the neighborhood versus being at the edge of town in the commercial district where you yeah. don't have to walk to the like. But, all but the well, places. you're in the neighborhood, but I think the bigger thing is, especially if you're going with a group or a family or several people, that you're not. When you're in a hotel, it's weird. Like you're in a room with a bed all the time, right? And so yeah. it feels like you've yeah. got That's a place you to like go relax. Somebody can go to sleep or wake up early, and you're not bothering each other. It's a better experience. And Jordan, there's an ecosystem that's built around this industry now and also there's standardization uh, that is coming along with it to where now the quality metrics are going to continue to rise because as more properties come on as there is standardization people are not going to be accepting of places that don't do it the right way that don't have the right accommodations don't have the right type of amenities don't have the right clean you know cleaning uh, the, type of the services whole, coming in the whole idea of booking a hotel do you know you're basing your hotel booking on looking at pictures of the hotel and its location and the pictures are basically this is what a deluxe room looks like this is what a superior room looks like and they're generic stock photos of a bed the dresser and you know, yeah. you know sometimes you get to see the bathroom but you don't know if that actually is going to be the bathroom you don't know if the one that they pictured is the one that was just refinished and the one you get is going to be you know broken down tile from the 90s but in an airbnb you're getting a picture of the exact unit you're getting all of these like totally Ikea'd out like spaces that are, you know, it's not going to be expensive furniture, but you know that you know the quality of what you're getting yourself into. L listen, Airbnb, it's, it's, it's a generational game changing type of company that scales up so beautifully if the world converts to this model, which I think it is. And I think the next two years is when we're going to see the biggest lift. Um, and as expensive as the stock seems, I don't think people are factoring in global domination. I think Airbnb is going to be a global domination type of story. Um, and I, listen, I can't wait for it. I mean, I mean, that graph is what I've been waiting to see. The search volume is super predictive of what's about to happen. So, and by the way, we haven't said this yet in this episode. We're not financial advisors. This is what we're doing for ourselves. We don't know what your risk tolerance is, guys. I know what my risk tolerance is. And this is just for us, but we want to kind of help spur some ideas, poke holes in our thesis. Do not replicate our trades. Do not go trade what we're talking about. This is just for something for you guys to kind of you know take on your own do your own research make your own decisions get a financial advisor uh, Chris, i'm, I'm going to pull up because we did have google trend showing vacation rental earlier mm -hmm. let me just show you what the search term airbnb does in comparison to vacation rental which is a generic but is also at oh, this near I, I all-time high too. right wait pull off the other one so we can see it dave vbro that's the other one right yeah see look at the vbro search traffic versus the rbo yeah, VRBO. Oh, maybe maybe that's why it's wrong. <laughs> VRBO. Yeah. I hope they own both domain names because that that would be... Uh... Yeah, so look at that. I mean, VRBO is half the search traffic. And in a very similar pattern, all three of these are basically doing the same trends. Yeah. But Airbnb clearly is the it's, market leader. It's, it's, it's unreal what's happening at Airbnb. It's something that I think... Listen, uh, it, it's not... They're not on the same level as other hospitality companies because they have virtually unlimited inventory, right? That comes on board and the yeah. scaling and the network effect is just massive, massive. So Time Trade is, is pointing out though that the world's not gonna get back to normal anytime soon. It's a great play for the future. I think that it's a great play for now because yes. of the way that the, the current is, is all moving towards Airbnb being a better solution for staying when when we recently traveled in a hotel, hotels have great cleaning procedures too. They're you know the, you request maid service if you actually want someone to enter your room. Otherwise, they're not entering. Now, I've stayed in multiple hotels now and uh, Airbnbs, and I I just think that with the trend of nomadic living, with work from home, with work from anywhere, and those kind of things continuing on in the present and future, I think that it's it's a good time now. Here's and the other later. thing. So like, is there any real advantage to using Airbnb? Because I've always just used VRBO. Um, am I a boomer? First of all, and then you are uh, a boomer big time. I mean, it's dude. it's similar listings. Um, I, I've I don't know that I've ever booked on VRBO. I, I didn't even know their initials. I, probably I because both. I typed it wrong. I do both. It doesn't matter because there's so much room to go around. The reality is Jordan for most people, Airbnb, on the fly is is more, it's it's a simpler more straightforward process especially for quick bookings vrbo if you're gonna rent a house for a week um it kind of is i think they lean a little bit more towards longer rentals and i, I just guys, think the whole the, no the whole communication style on airbnb is is so easy to talk to your host to be you know the, the whole transactions handled there i don't i don't know how vrbo it's VBRO the robin works, hood but 
It's the yeah. Robin Hood. Yeah, of no, that that's world. fine. Like, but you can get the same stuff, right? I'm, I think everybody that does yeah, VRBO it's, it's like, probably also lists on Airbnb. Yes, probably, but a lot of people that are on Airbnb are not on VRBO, Jordan. Yeah, that, I would think that that's probably the case, right? And so you probably find more on Airbnb. Yes, but okay, understand so. this. Let's talk about what's going to happen, guys. People are going to go back to festivals, okay? At some point later this year, they're going to rush back to places that are going to be so busy, the hotel rates are going to go through the roof. People are going to get pissed off if they can even get a hotel room. That is going to open up demand for excess properties on Airbnb. More people are going to list on Airbnb because of that, because they're going to get such high rates. Also, the people that are already on Airbnb are going to get generally high rates. That means more money for Airbnb because Airbnb takes a piece of the action. So the same way we were saying I love Spirit because Spirit is an airline that's normally really cheap, but when everyone else pops their prices up, Spirit's going to be able to ask unreasonable prices for a Spirit flight this year, okay? Same thing will happen for Airbnb properties that normally shouldn't be getting 180 a night. They should only be getting 90 a night, but they're going to get 180 a night because there's so much demand at some point in the next 18 months that they are where all the excess inventory sits and then once the pricing gets above a certain threshold that inventory is just going to flow in people will go stay at their parents house to airbnb their house for, for for the weekend okay so like it's i love i just love their positioning for an unnatural balance between demand and supply and hospitality hey, airbnb talk to me about this so like the, we know that people were you know if you did travel last year during the summer, you pretty much did a VRBO or an Airbnb, right? But those were towards vacation-specific places. Airbnb was not doing as well as they thought they had, as they were going to do. Uh, no, what? they actually did better than they were expecting. Okay. They were expecting their uh, revenue and bookings to drop in half, and it, they only dropped by like thirty percent. Yeah, but why was that? Why did it get a thirty percent drop, even though everybody was doing Airbnb? Jordan, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, because the Airbnb properties in urban centers like New York, LA, San Francisco did terrible and so they we think that's terrible. gonna change in the next few the, months those those will come back slower okay yeah. they will come back slower but they're already destroying it without those locations so when those locations actually come back like i'll give you a perfect example new york New York is dead this summer, but you know when it's not dead? This fall. I Hotel rooms that I normally are able to book for, for Thanksgiving in Manhattan, but midsummer, they are already sold out for Thanksgiving, okay? I cannot get a hotel room on November 24th at my the hotel I normally stay at, okay, in Manhattan. It's March. I'm trying to book for November. So what's happening is everyone's planning for Broadway to come back. Uh, after Labor Day, okay? Um, New York is likely going to be packed this fall and next winter. So Airbnb, all those types of properties are all gonna come back online at that time. Same thing probably goes for LA, San Francisco, London, all their big monster urban properties uh, or urban, urban centers. So that's what Airbnb was missing this last year. They will get that back. And when they get that back, it's lights out. It's lights out because the rest of their business is, is going to continue to destroy. Um, guys, I have Look, another theme I want to talk about. Mina, Mina's uh, renting out her basement for three hundred dollars a night in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> I think she alluded to it there. That earlier. Was, that was message less than my hotel. Kids, so um, I do oh, need to talk about another theme. Some some inside information here uh, from my restaurant. I, I told you guys we are set, we set a re almost set a record this week for business, which quite amazing and i know march madness is a big part of that but still uh it's just phenomenal uh i got some information that you know we were having major issues even getting enough beer and liquor shipped to our restaurant because the distributors are so, so short staffed, they're trying to hire up as quickly as they can. Some of them are on, only have 50% of their drivers that they had pre-COVID, and they're trying to get that back up and going. All the restaurants are coming back online right now. Um, man, I'm telling you, I've been saying this for a long time, the restaurant trade is huge. People don't understand why companies like Cake are trading above where they were pre-COVID. I always said they would, because they're gonna do better. In fact, this coffee, I went to Starbucks. Starbucks is a good example. I didn't want to go to Starbucks today. You know where I went, Dave? I went to Snyder Plaza and I went to mm -hmm. that teacup coffee shop on Hillcrest. Yeah. Uh, you know why I went to teacup? I actually wanted to go to the place that was 
on the other side, there was a really cool new coffee shop opened a couple years ago. They were shut down. I knew they were shut down. So I went to Teacup. They were shut down. So two of the three coffee shops in our little local just center were shut mm -hmm. down. So I was forced to go to Starbucks. Now I researched it and for the first time in like 20 years, we are expecting to see a reduction of coffee shops in America by 7.5%. So I think it's actually gonna be worse than that. It could be double digits. So we are seeing a massive reduction due to all the independent coffee shops that have gone out of business during COVID, okay? So listen, when we talk about Stimmy, you can't talk about Stimmy without talking about stuff like coffee because remember when I said you're gonna pay off your debt and all that stuff, it makes you a little more comfortable paying four bucks for a coffee, right? Four or five bucks yep. for a coffee. And that's a type of behavior that will last all year long. And where you might've gone to the independent coffee shop, now you're gonna go to Starbucks a block away because they're no longer there. Do you think that independent coffee shop is gonna open it back up this year? I think it might take them quarters to maybe a full year to get those independent coffee shops to open back up, maybe 2022. So I think Starbucks is gonna have a banner year. I think that going back to the restaurant side, anybody in the beer and liquor business uh and this i think is the biggest opportunity this is my number one trade um as all of y'all know uh i am a big investor in molson cores uh for numerous reasons we've done multiple episodes on it i'm not going to talk about it all over again uh it is my number one most aggressive position right now i added budweiser uh due to the cactus cacti uh hard seltzer uh travis scott hard seltzer that came out uh a week ago we couple few weeks ago and sold out you know, oddly, that Cacti Hard Seltzer, guys, the reviews are really mixed. A lot of people can't stand it. Uh, so I don't know that it's gonna have the legs uh, that you might want it to have for Budweiser long-term, but I think for the next couple months, it could be one of the hot hard seltzers of the summer for 2021. So I did add a bunch of Bud to my uh, Molson Coors position, but yes, I think Molson Coors is probably one of the best stimmy picks on top of a recovery pick on top of a social art pick because people are going back to restaurants guys march yeah. madness they're drinking dude they're drinking man i'm telling you this is go to like... b dubs and get your uh, miller light but unlike all the other stocks we're talking about that are flying high a lot of them above pre-covid levels a couple of these names, Budweiser included, yep. Molson Coors, they're not there yet. They are not there yet. They are still really depressed. I think they're the ones that have the most opportunity. And for me, that's where I'm putting most of my money because I get like this combination recovery trade, stimmy trade, and on, on well, to some extent, Budweiser with the Cacti launch and way more with Molson Coors. By the way, Dave, have you been researching reviews on uh, on on Zoa? They are no, phenomenal. People are love it. They freaking love it. In fact, how is that if you possible? Look at a lot of people giving you crap. Like, you did you give me. You did flavors. give me the worst flavor. You need, but you don't like Red Bull. Some people like the standard the standard energy drink flavor. I like it. I like that flavor. But I've been forcing myself to drink it for years. I used to hate it. No one likes it at first. But you should try the other flavors because people love the Zoa, man. They love I'm, it. I'm just going to stick with coffee and tea. Those are perfectly fine uh, caffeine alternatives to Zoa. All right. So <laughs> the original. I, uh, I, I, I added some, even, even more in my Molson Coors position. It's done really Did well you? so far. That's, that is, is that your single biggest holding right now? Or are you in terms of how much uh, stock I control? Yes, it is. Even though it's not technically, it's not technically, it's not high conviction. I've said this in the past. It's a yeah. medium to high conviction. It's like sits somewhere in between because I'm still waiting to see a little more data. And by the way, some big news on Molson Coors. Big news. Ready for this? There were rumors that Topo Chico Hard Seltzer, which is the one that we've been waiting for, was not going to come out until late summer. Well, guess what, guys? They just announced it's coming out March 31st. March 31st. Topo Chico Hard Seltzer is coming March 31st. That's like in a week and a half, right? So how big of a deal do you think this is going to be for TAP? I had somebody ask me that this weekend because they're not... It's not their brand. They're not making it. They're only distributing it, correct? Monstrously big deal for them. Uh, they are the exclusive distributor. Right. On are we talking about uh, on on uh, Topo Chico? Yeah, the Topo Chico. Yeah. Hard, so so, hard so they're, ex yep. they're the exclusive distributor on Topo right. Chico. So yes, they're they're not they're not manufacturing it. But Jordan, understand this. 
uh, they're able to get in on something that is potentially being manufactured, uh, and I don't know if they're not doing any manufacturing for it, by Coke, backed by Coke, um, the largest manufacturer in the world, right? Yeah. And they're still making, they're making their distribution fee on every single can that goes out, right? So- But do we know, like, do we know how profitable it could be for them? Like, do we it know- It doesn't, it, listen, it doesn't matter if they're distributing it, they're making money. If it, if it ends up being a blowout success, it's gonna be a success yeah. for them. We can, we can debate uh, how much of a success, but the truth is, it, it's massive for them as the exclusive distributor because every can that you drink is coming from Molson Coors, and they're making money on it. Yeah. Um, now that it look, said, it looks I like am that's still happening worried. in nine states, and we are we are fortunate to be included in that. As is uh, Arizona, California, all, you know, all the places that you might uh, have a. Beach, but they, they're like. also releasing it in in like Cosmo areas, like New York. They're gonna, New York, they're gonna Chicago, Jersey, Seattle. What date? What was that date, Chris? March thirty first. I March am 29th. still concerned. I March will 29th. be marking my calendar. I will be in line at the grocery store. Okay. Do March you want to know what will move this to high conviction for me, guys? We'll move to high conviction is reviews. I am worried yeah. about reviews on Topo Chico hard seltzer. Uh, everything I'm seeing out of Ireland, out of uh, Brazil, out of Mexico, the reviews are mixed to negative, negative, okay? Now, if I don't know if they're making it differently down there or if taste preferences are different, I can't understand it. But do we if know if I'm, those places have like a, do they do they do well with seltzers there in those places? Not as much, but still, I don't like. Because like, Ireland, you say Ireland, like they're just they're used to Guinness, right? I mean, yeah, they want they want. Yeah, but I've been guys. I've been watching review. Like I, I don't like cider. what I'm seeing. Honestly, okay. I don't like what I'm seeing, and I'm holding back right now. Now, does that mean that it still won't be wildly successful this summer? No, I still think no matter what, it will be wildly successful when it comes out because you know. I, can you think of another brand of water or bubbly or anything soda that has a more passionate base than Topo Chico? Not even close. Not even close. And you know what the, my favorite part about that saying that is? That is something that very few people on the East Coast, investment professionals, Wall Streeters, the suits, very few of them can relate to because it's just not that big there yet, right? They don't see it. They don't under, it's like Tito's. They didn't understand how big Tito's was. We knew that Tito's was gonna dominate the world, right? Like literally years before anyone on Wall Street knew it was gonna dominate the world because Tito's was born here, it came out of Texas. Topo Chico was born here, basically, yeah. Mexico. Mexico, Mexico. basically. It was born in Mexico for us in Texas. It, yeah. the, the, it was built for I us. I want you to check your sources, Chris, and see if you can find additional reviews because I'm on a uh, website called uh, hardseltzernews.com mm -hmm. and they say that uh, there were early accolades for the hard seltzer. I've read that article. I, it feels Bible. like a paid article to me, Dave. I don't trust it. I don't. The, the few positive ones I've read like that feel very much like paid placement to me. Um, I'm telling you, I'm Dave. I am convert. I am doing translation conversions from legit social reviews out of Brazil. I'm, I'm seeing a ton of not a ton of stuff. Stuff coming out of Ireland. Uh, I don't like it. I don't like the reviews. I'm not. It's not scaring me away. It's just limiting my excitement. If the reviews for Topo Chico Hard Seltzer were positive, dude. I can't even tell you how levered I'd be on this bet right now. So I, the first day this hits the shelves, literally, I will be the first person to get this in my hand in the yep. U.S. and I will be scouring reviews. I, I will, you will not see me that day. I will be scouring for review, early reviews, and if it's if I'm wrong and they come out to be positive, mostly positive. Dude, just watch out, guys. Watch out. I mean, I will double down on my Molson cores if that's even possible. I'll have to do that through options because I am in it really heavy. But um, it's a big deal. This is one of the few stocks that that has tremendous room, tremendous room to run if they execute. Yeah, I they, think if things go well for TAP, then you're right. It does have good room to grow, especially when they reinstate their dividend. We know people will go rushing back into the stock. Um, and... You know, I mean, just, and, and that's just with normal, you know, things going back to normal when you have, you know, bars and restaurants open, when you have, um, you know, all the theme parks open and people are allowed, you know, sports and concerts and people are allowed to go and drink all the Miller Lite they want to at a outdoor festival. Then, yeah, I mean, I think this so thing Jordan, has this thing's got a ton got of room. And then you add in all these new things like ZOA and hard seltzer and I love it. The Wall Street downgraded, two firms downgraded uh, Molson that. Coors last week, okay? It didn't and really you, affect you know what they were the talking stock. about? 
they were talking about increase in like canning or steel costs, right, for cans or aluminum costs for cans. They were talking about uh, the the cyber attack that that killed Molson Coors for multiple days two weeks ago. That's going to nail them on revenue this quarter. Okay, they were talking about uh, a, a little bump in COVID in Europe that's kind of causing a delayed reopening in Europe, which is very legit. And the on-premise sales that we talked about for Molson Coors that is a legit concern. And they were uh, there was one other thing they were talking about, and they were all legit concerns. However. They were all short-term concerns. That's how Wall Street thinks. The suits, they, they can't they can't see more than two feet in front of themselves, okay? So they're so downgrading everything's quarter it. by quarter now. We know that. Listen, I loved it. I love that they downgraded it. I love that they set those ex They basically said that that earnings expectations for this next quarter were set too high and not accounting for these things, which by the way, is totally correct. Okay? But I love it that now, now that's out there because I was kind of concerned. Like that cyber attack, guys, appeared to be massive on Molson Coors. I, um, you know, in the back of my head, I'm, I'm so like, I'm so like, just, I'm thinking that someone found out that I went in deep on Molson Coors and they hit it with a cyber attack <laughs> to screw me. Like that, that, that's what. Because you know what happened right after I went in deep, Par right? Paranoid like, much? I'm so. Don't think it has paranoid. anything to do with you, Chris. That's why. I, that's why I'm not talking about exactly how much I own or how I own it because like I'm super paranoid. I'm like someone's out to get me like someone's, someone's out, out to, to get, get me you know how many shares of this thing trade every day like it's not jordan i have a lot i know you have a lot i have a lot so uh <laughs> anyway he's paranoid <laughs> wall street hates Beyond. this stock they hate it they they hate this stock so much uh, that they are not going to give it any credit until they perform. And that's what I love. Until most Molson Coors proves that they can perform, they are not going to get any credit from Wall Street. And I love that. It provides an opportunity for us to arb any performance that we do see. So March 31st, I'm going to be out watching those Topo Chico reviews. Like yeah, I'll be doing the same thing, Chris. So I'll, I'll let you know what I think and what I see. LTCM says Topo Chico is manufacturing, marketing, and distribution is what uh, TAP has. So okay. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's interesting. Um, I, it doesn't bother. I wouldn't care if they didn't have manufacturing because, listen, and the part of the reason why Coke, people don't understand, why is Coke distributing through Molson Coors? You cannot distribute alcoholic drinks in America unless it's a massive web of government regulation, state by state by state, okay? If Coke decides that they want to get in this game, if Topo Chico is a massive success, Molson Coors is on the radar as an acquisition target for Coke. If Coke, Coke has never had an alcoholic drink, they do not have alcohol. This is their first, their first. If this is a knockout success, Molson Coors is on the table as an acquisition target by Coke, okay? Because it's so difficult to get in this business state by state of manufacturing and distributing alcoholic drinks. And yeah. that's why Molson Coors has a massive barrier to entry. And I'm, the fact that Coke picked them is a really, really big deal guys because do you not think that coke is going to want to go big on this if it works do you have any idea how aggressive coke is going to get with this right <laughs> if it works do you think do you think coke would buy an alcoholic uh, beverage manufacturer do you see what disney buys are you kidding me <laughs> Co <What> coke? <laughs> yeah. yeah no problem dude yeah absolutely so, um, and as far as your reviews coming out of ireland and the uk um robert says that uh they are way more into flavored gins there, that and, and also like flavored tonics, but not so much a hard seltzer market. But they do like other hard seltzer. Like the reviews that are reviewing it are like, I was watching this one lady's video this weekend and she was just like one out of 10 and she reviews every hard seltzer. And she's like, it is just, tastes like cough medicine, which is what she said, the lemon. She said, it tastes like cough medicine. I'm just like, these are not like- sound good. These are smart reviewers and I'm concerned guys. I don't, listen, it's Coke and I'm concerned they rushed it, the formulation to market, that they're not an alcohol company. They don't they really care that much. They don't really have that much to lose is what I was thinking, right? Like what do yeah. they have yeah. to lose? So- I mean, Don't you think they would find some expert in hard seltzer and not just try to overly- Jordan, you know. there are yeah, crappy you know alcoholic a... drinks that come out all the time, you know, and like, yeah. I mean, listen, do you remember when New Coke came out in the late 80s? <laughs> how terrible was that? <laughs> I mean, that was how a, long that they were on that? To make, that was a PR stunt to make everyone want uh, Coke Classic. Probably. <laughs> now, I will tell you the one thing, and this, somebody somebody mentioned this too in the comments, LaCroix, if they ever teamed up with TAP, game over. 
my 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 fridge would be filled with the Lacroix version because then people That's don't know that you're thing. having alcoholic beverage. You just have your Lacroix can. <laughs> it's genius. Yeah, man. I listen. Potentially, I, I don't think they would team up with Tap. I bet you they would go with one of the competitors because yeah. Tap now is so there's so. Tap has got so many hard seltzers in market right now, about to be in market. It's it's ridiculous. Like they they have more SKUs than anyone, and they're not nearly as large as some of the other distributors like Budweiser, yeah. right? Um, listen, I, I love them both. I love I like Bud. I like Tap. I like Tap more, obviously. And it's a big oh. it's a big trade. So okay, so let's let's now. Uh, I have seen a lot of comments wanting to know what happened on Leslie Pool Supply. Oh, that's a great question. So which, I got, which I did not get in on, but uh, oh wait, before you go into that, did you are you in on tap, Dave? I am not yet in on tap. Oh, I'm considering it. In fact, oh I'm not God, giving you, you any advice because I'm not the financial advisor. <laughs> you guys, uh, what has happened uh, to Leslie Pool Supply? Nothing. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Nothing has happened yet. Um, I still like the trade, although a lot of my options expired last week so i might need to re-get into that trade i don't know if i'm currently in it i don't know if i had any aprils i thought i did but i might not so i might have to get back into leslie's trade because my i lost money on my march options on leslie i'm not a yeah. crazy amount of money but i, was, I lost like 30 or 40 percent of that trade um i stand corrected i actually did buy tap options oh good you're doing so well. i i'm doing still well. up i'm up like 25 percent. nice Nice. Um, so sometimes I make trades and don't even. I, I probably did that not even like. Oh yeah, I, I probably did that when Chris texted me just tap, and I'm like, okay, bye. Um, by the way, one more thing on on the stimmy trade. I do think apparel and clothing is going to be hot, hot, hot this summer. But I think that's one of the trades that people are have been super observant of, and those come, even like Nordstrom's trading through the roof, like. Think about it, as people start to go back to formal functions again, um, there'll be tremendous demand uh, for companies like mm -hmm. Norsen. But again, I don't know if there's a, an ARB opportunity there like there is in some of the others that we've been focused on today because like the market's totally aware of them. So yeah, that's it. Can I talk about, can I can I tease one, one more line about tomorrow's episode? You can talk about whatever you want. All right. Uh, it's your show. So, the big, the big investment that we will disclose tomorrow is a $1 million plus investment, ready for this, in NFTs. And I know you're gonna think we're nuts, we're crazy, but just wait, wait till you hear tomorrow, it will all make sense. I promise it will all, like a million plus dollars in NFTs. You didn't buy a Beeple, did you? I'm not discussing anything more <laughs> oh, no. than to say that it will all make sense tomorrow. Tomorrow we will disclose, and I think Dave and Jordan who know about this, now you do kind of know where I was headed with this. I think you yeah. guys are gonna get in on this. Uh, we're going to discuss it tomorrow. I can't wait to hear your opinion. I think this is one that the community can wrap their heads around and is going to get pretty excited about. So. I think it will. I think there's there might even be some conversation happening already, but we will hopefully accelerate that tomorrow because it's a, it's a speculative investment, and rarely do I make a seven-figure speculative investment. But there's a reason behind this speculative investment, and I can't wait to talk about it tomorrow. I'm super excited, guys, for yeah. tomorrow's episode. So for those for those who are just tuning in or in the middle of a hour-long stream and can't quite figure out what our three big trades were. Let's uh, let's recap that. Mine, my big trade is I'm getting heavier into Bitcoin. I'm doubling my Bitcoin portfolio from 4% of my uh, portfolio to 8. Chris, what were your... I, I added to my beer positions, tap, bud, and also some Planet 13, and also looking to add to my Airbnb uh, position, although I might need to sell something because I think I'm hitting my margin limits. Uh, that's kind of my four trades. Uh, <laughs> my your, four, four. your top three, four trades? Four, my, my four and one. I thought we were uh, each doing just one. Yeah. And then Jordan? I will say I'm in a bunch of things that will benefit from this already, so I'm not doing anything crazy. I will pick up a little more XLE. Because you know and what also, all these summer plans revolve around? Travel. And you know what fuels travel? Fuel. Jet oil. Fuel. 
I know you guys hate it. I love it. So do you, um, but you're, are you also getting more uh, Southwest Airlines? Because that's the other one you mentioned. I might buy some more, yeah. Okay, so those are our uh, four, five, six, seven. Those are our top seven trades when I, I thought we were doing three. I might buy some Starbucks. Eight trades. <laughs> I might buy some Starbucks. I, I, uh, I say Anon that because for, Starbucks for has run I, so hard. And someone needs to uh, put a timestamp down below at one eleven. Well, we chop off the beginning. We'll figure it out. All right, tomorrow. You know, show show begins tomorrow. at one hour. You, don't you if love you, those messages? If, guys, tomorrow's not an episode you want to miss. I can't wait to get your guys' feedback on it. And also, by the way, right after this episode, I'm going to go buy some stocks for our public account. Uh, the what, What's the Dumb Money public account again, Dave? Uh, I think it's public.com slash. Oh, hang on, let me just make sure. Oh, oh, guys, already you, been, uh, it's set up, but I, I've been on vacation and I need to talk to Leon and our mods to make sure that I do it correctly. But have they I already? Want, did they already make the list of stocks to buy? The, it's, the algo is working, uh, is. yes, and we have the list in Discord, nice. but I want to make sure that it's working correctly before I go out and buy these stocks. Uh, by the way, for, the, for those of y'all don't know, our Discord community, dumbmoney.tv, will show you how to get there. Uh, we have a $10,000 uh, portfolio that's yours, like it was given to you. And based on the high conviction trades in Discord, we're going to rebalance that portfolio every single week. The community gets to decide how they want to spend the profits on an annual basis from that uh, portfolio. So um, yeah, we're, we're gonna make the first purchases here in the next day. Uh, I will do that. I'm yeah, sorry. Leon says they've got off. the list. I didn't know, I haven't been in Discord for a few days, so I apologize. I probably got some messages piled up. I need but to get the in. Best, the best part is, Jordan, you have to sign up for Discord through Dumb Money because every single referral fee that we get paid by public, not Discord, excuse me, sign up for public. Public. Uh, goes into this portfolio. Guys. Oh, nice. So, like, we're not taking the money from it. the referrals. Guys, let's get thousands. Let's get tens of thousands of people to sign up for public through Dumb Money. What is it, Dave? It's like Dumb Money. You go to dumbmoney.tv slash public. Yes. You will, um, you will basically be signed up with our link that will then uh, help the community grow that community account. All of the money that public gives us is going into a, an account for us to give back to the community. I'm going to say it right now. This will be a million dollar portfolio for the community. It'll, and you're preceding it or are they are some somebody put some money in it to begin with. Was that I public did. that you put money in? I did. And then public I, I, I public is now it. going to match uh, whatever the I don't think we can say how much per account, but every time I'm someone signs up, additional money will will go into this account and Meaningful you guys money. are going to be able to monitor it. Meaningful money will go into the account, uh, and they'll be paying us on a monthly basis. We'll take some money out for taxes, and then everything else we will deposit directly into this account. So you guys can see how much money you, we made for the account every month based on signups. So please sign up for public through that link, and we are the only channel in the world that's not taking one penny for ourselves. We're giving it all the referral fees to the community through this account. Let's grow this to a million dollar account. Let's let's make it so we get 20, 30% gains annually. Let's generate a few hundred thousand dollars a year for the community and then do whatever you want with it. Have a big meetup, have the party of all parties. We let's, have a lot of messages here. coming across that people outside the US can't see it because it's public and apparently you can only see public accounts within the United States. Mm. Is there a way that we can like even if it's just once a day, we uh, recap it or something like that somewhere for people. I mean, we'll talk about it on the show from time yeah, to time. Yeah, we'll, just so we'll figure out a way it. to let you know. I what's actually going don't on even know because we haven't yet bought US. any. Yeah, we haven't bought anything yeah. in this account yet. Uh, right. Those transactions are about to happen. I was trying to figure out if we could uh, where you even go to look at it, and I'm not sure quite oh, yet. Oh, hey, what uh, that Leon account is. said that if you can download the Dumb Money app, which you should do, that you'll be able to see the portfolio there. So, oh, that's which awesome. is not a and also. App. You don't download We're having it. a show a this week on the app, guys. We're having a you show this week on the Dominion app. app. Yeah, that will happen this week. There's a lot of confusion. But anyway, um, if you if you uh, sign up for public, we, we'd be super happy. Because yeah. when, when people do, you guys are going to get the money. Yes, and I can't wait to see the community kill it on public and make a bunch of money for themselves, do something fun with. All right, guys, we got to go. We will talk about Shift later this week. We're going to talk about the Dumb Money app this week because, guys, it's pretty amazing. We'll have the creator of the app on our channel this week. Um, listen, thanks. It's great to be back. We went a little long. Tomorrow going to be fun. Tomorrow is going to be a fun episode. And we will see you then. Bye.
The button's not working. Hang on. <laughs> We're not moving. <laughs>